honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on the sportstuff.com. iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's great to be on board to talk Timberwolves and NBA once again today. Yep, for those of you that want only Timberwolves, well, you know, the second segment is going to be like an NBA season preview. I'm not going to go crazily in-depth. I'm just going to give you my feelings and how I think the season will go. That type of thing throughout the league, and including the Timberwolves, of course, on playoff possibility, this and that. Uh, you know, the typical situation where I pick the two teams that will get to the conference finals in each side, the uh, surprise team, the flop team, you know, the team that will exceed expectations, the team that will uh, <laughs> disappoint. They will be disappointing. They will not exceed. Uh, they will <laughs> basically not reach expectations. In fact, they will not even, yeah, they will be very disappointing, that type of deal. And then, of course, the eventual finalists and NBA champion, that type of deal. First segment, wall-to-wall Timberwolves preview. We're going to talk about, the, the literally, we're going to talk about the roster, my prospects for pretty much every player on the team. Maybe not every single guy, but you get the idea. I, I guess I'll pretty much talk about just about everybody, even the ones that are kind of like training camp in Viti, that type of thing, to a point, to a point. Um... And the third segment, fan interaction. So there you go. Let's get to it here. In NBA Timberwolves. Let's start at the top of the whole enchilada here. The best players on the team. I'll start with Carl Anthony Towns. Most of you see him as the most valuable player and the future star of the team. Some people even think he'll be a league MVP. I do not. Uh, I would not be surprised if Carl Anthony Towns will be a league MVP at some point. Yes, I, I do not disagree with that. That's what I'm trying to say. So. Don't worry, those of you out there that were thinking I'm going to say, oh, I don't agree with you at all. Oh, no, I, I think he'll be, I think the possibilities of him being a league MVP are very high. So basically, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, we can't, I'm not going to go off much on the preseason here. Maybe just little indicators that I'm noticing, um, but we haven't even been able to watch them. It's just the fact that certain guys aren't really playing much and other guys are getting more playing time, that type of thing. It's like certain roles seem to be getting carved out early on. <clears throat> it's just a uh, start to the season, though. Things are always always subject to change. But let's start with Carl Anthony Towns. That's the guy we all want to talk about. I continue to <clears throat> stick with my whole prospects of him being a David Robinson type in his career. And did David Robinson win an NBA MVP? Yes. So those of you that might be thinking, David Robinson, beyond David Robinson. No, you need to slow your roll a little bit here because... David Robinson was a damn good player. The only problem is, like I've said earlier, is he started a little bit late, so he, well, his career was kind of shorter, and like the later days of his career, he was more of kind of a second fiddle and eventually a role player for the San Antonio Spurs. That's not the David Robinson I'm comparing Carl Anthony Towns to. I'm comparing him to the guy who could slash through people to the basket with ease, which Carl Anthony Towns does. He does attack the basket, which is beautiful. In fact, when he did do that against the Golden State Warriors, he looked fearless, and he was unstoppable to a point. Uh, he's got a very deadly mid-range shot, a la David Robinson. He attacks the basket and can and can can uh, hit the mid-range shot. He can also hit free throws. 
He can block shots at a very high clip. In fact, he made Steph Curry look ridiculous. It was funny because you think, oh, mismatch. Curry's just going to just going to run right past him, and that's not what happened at all. So, very excited about Carl Anthony Towns. Um, hopefully, you don't hear the fan in the background. It's conveniently getting warm right when I'm recording. So, oh goody, now it finally warms up after it's been cold all week. That figures or colder all week, not really that cold, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns does have a wonderful future in this league. Um, he's got a leadership skills. His personality is fantastic. Personality isn't everything. I like guys that are winners. Winners. Personality is wonderful. And it, if you can get both, you've got yourself a gem. And, I, and Carl Anthony Towns appears to be that type of guy who's not only got a great personality, he's also a winner. Uh, I don't even, you know... I hope those of you out there don't get all over the Kool-Aid drinking on my about my previous episode. I got a lot of warm responses, but it seemed like a lot of the local people here just completely... I, I, I don't know if they ignored the show or didn't like what I had to say, but I, I, I mean, I gave you the full story from my perspective. That's just how it was going to be, and if you don't like it, I guess that that's how it is. I mean, I understand Kevin Garnett was the best player in franchise history and all that. But to me, he wasn't he wasn't what I think Carl could be in terms of being a winner, a, a go-to guy down the stretch. But there's also another guy on this roster that may be even more a go-to guy, particularly in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about him next. <laughs> wink, wink there. But Carl the Igniter Towns, I, I, I think, yes, has that the pedigree to be that guy. Garnett, he, you know, it's not a rip on him. It's acknowledging the fact he has MVP talent, but he didn't have the assassin mind. He didn't have the mindset of an assassin the guy that says, give me the damn ball, get out of the way, and let's win this game. Not necessarily trying to be selfish, but hey, you know, if anything, the team should never see that as selfish because he's going to win the game for you. A guy like that. Guys that will take over in that fourth quarter. They're not trying to be selfish. They're trying to, to lead. And sometimes the Garnets of the world didn't do that. And I'm sorry, but that's a fact. LeBron used to be that type of player, but eventually something in his mind, in his heart changed, and he became that guy in Miami. Um, and then continued it with Cleveland. Thank God for the Cleveland Cavaliers last year. I'm sure they really appreciate that very much. Just <laughs> um, some guys, it it eventually clicks. Other guys, it never does. And then they go on to be a wonderful number two star on a championship team, which Garnett did. So all the credit to him for that. There you go. So just in case, I, I had to get off the, that off my chest. It's been sitting in there pretty much since I recorded the last show. I, I just sense... I just sense a feeling from people out there that are just Garnett's God and this and that. I'm going to talk more about him. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting the Carl part, but I pretty much said what I need to say about Carl at this point. Um, I expect to see his numbers increase. Yes. Uh, He averaged, what, about 18, 19 points a game last year. 18.3, 10.5 in the rebounding category. Two assists. I'm sure the assists will climb up a bit. Uh, his shot blocking about two a game or so, a little bit under that. I think that's going to go up. I would not be surprised at all as he continues to develop there. Always the hope for all these guys. Please stay healthy. God bless you in that category. Uh, field goal percentage, 54%. That is just unbelievable. Um, he just puts the ball in the basket. It doesn't matter if he's the best shooter in the world. It's the matter of the ball goes in the basket, and it does with Carl Anthony Towns. And his future, absolutely fantastic, according to many, many outlets out there in the, the NBA circles and just sports circles in general. So, Carl the Igniter Towns. That's his nickname on the Timberwolves Explosion show. <laughs> that's his nickname. The Silent Assassin. Who's that guy? 
That's Andrew Wiggins. And this is something I want to get to. I mean, this has been really, really been in, sticking in my craw in a good way. Just been dying to get behind the mic to talk about this for the longest time. Tom Thibodeau said something that just made me smile ear to ear. Um, you know how people, rec- people look at Andrew Wiggins, and the reason why I call him silent assassin is because he doesn't say much, right? He doesn't necessarily have this, oh, you know, hell yeah, let's kick some ass, or kumbaya, or whatever the heck they say out there. Obviously, maybe some F-bombs included in the Garnett world, (laughs) and others out there that do the same thing. Andrew Wiggins is the silent assassin. He's much more quiet, but of course he has this, this killer instinct in him that you saw on occasion. And of course you get people talking about, oh, he's only good against playoff teams. Well... Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to be consistent. But would you rather, how about this question? I'm going to put this, I'm going to challenge you out there if you're listening anymore, and I'm not sure they are, this person. I'm going to challenge you to this one. (laughs) Would you rather have a player, like say certain Viking teams in the past, (laughs) or, well, you get the idea, just certain players out there kick butt against, say, a Sacramento Kings type of team, or... Or a, 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 I don't even know who to go with now. It's like, like an Orlando Magic. Just beat up on a team that's not going to make the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns, there you go. Kick their ass. And then here come the Lakers and, oh, turnover. Oh, I, I didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter. That type of thing. Like a certain franchise player we had in the past. And I'm not trying to rip them. I'm just giving a conversation here. I'm challenging you a little bit on this one. Would you rather have a guy that really wakes up for the big opponents and kicks their ass? Maybe not even kicks their ass, but has a great, great game and eventually will kick their ass as he gets stronger and stronger mentally and physically. A guy that gets up for the big moments. Would you rather have that or a guy that only plays good against bad teams? That's, that's my whole point here. That I'm stumbling all over the place. No, no, not, not too bad. <laughs> that's the whole point that I'm trying to make. All right, so to Tom Thibodeau's point here, he's looking for Andrew Wiggins to take a leadership role on this team, and like literally the leader out there particularly. And yeah, that might sound crazy to some people out there, but Tom Thibodeau says he's doing a fantastic job of it, and he actually has that ability. People just don't see it because he's so quiet. How about that? How about that? Hearing that from Tom Thibodeau. That is freaking awesome. That's what it's all about right there. Have that guy that can... (laughs) Basically be a go-to player that can attack the basket, get to the free throw line, hit clutch shots, but also put on that beautiful spin move, and he can even dunk on people as well. He's got those moves. He's got the moves to be one of the best players in the NBA. I truly believe that. Yes, he needs to improve in the rebounding category, and I've seen that a lot on the Flips Army page. We'll shout out to them right now. Timberwolves <laughs> Flips Army, uh, it's a Flips Army page, Timberwolves page. Do check it out. Trevor Wickerman, wonderful guy. Uh, lots of conversation on there about Wiggins versus, would you rather have gotten Wiggins versus Parker? Um, Wiggins. Parker hasn't really done that much yet. Uh, he's all right. He can rebound a little bit, so he can rebound better than Wiggins. Anything else? Um, I'm waiting on that. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't see that one. Anybody that would say Jabari over Wiggins, I'm sorry. I wouldn't mind Jabari with Wiggins. Now, that's another story, but it's not going to happen, so let's stop talking about it for the time being. I love this. I love what Wiggins brings to the team, and he has that LeBron James, Kobe Bryant style 
of attacking the basket and getting to the free throw line in double digit uh, double digit free throw attempts per game out there. He's he's that kind of guy. He's that good at getting to the basket and drawing fouls. There's plenty of guys that draw you to the basket, try to draw a foul, and they're on the ground waving at the ref. Hey, where's the call, man? But because they weren't convincing enough, and, well, for one. But they also didn't intimidate the defender enough either to have to follow the guy. I mean, it's either you follow Wiggins or he's got two points. That's the kind of talent Andrew Wiggins has. And, you know, you got Brian Windhorst out there. We're going to talk about that in the Facebook page and fan interaction as well, saying that Wiggins is Wiggins's success, his development into a superstar hinges on the success of the Timberwolves. The success of the Timberwolves hinges on that, is what I'm trying to say. I do agree. Carl Anthony Towns has that MVP talent, but Wiggins is the silent assassin. He's the kind of guy that can win you big playoff games. He's the kind of guy that can lead you back from a 10-point deficit. Or a kind of guy that can keep you going back and back, neck and neck with another superstar hitting their shots. You need that other. You need a guy on your side to hit those plays. Oh, and by the way, you happen to have Carl Anthony Towns as well. See, there you go. That's what happened against the Golden State Warriors. Both Wiggins and Towns really stood up in that game. Heck, even Shabazz Muhammad really had a huge game. He really set the tone early, and then Wiggins and Towns finished the job. Towns actually didn't play that well in that game until the fourth quarter. So Towns also clutched. You have two guys who can hit shots late in games in that sense. But again. You can't just give it to the big man. It's nice to have a guard, a, a deadly slashing assassin type guard who can make the plays as well from the outside, either attacking the basket or hitting the shots from the outside or the mid-range, that type of thing. And then you also have Towns. You, you, you get the idea there. You have guys that can hit big shots when they matter. And it, it's just a wonderful thing. And it just it, it just makes you so excited to know that you have two players like this, and it tells me this team is going to have a lot of success for many years to come. So, Zach Levine's the other one. He had a 30-point preseason game. That's good. Wonderful to see. Love the development of uh, Zach Levine. A lot of people out there think he's going to be better than Andrew Wiggins. I don't think so. I don't think so. Zach Levine might be more fun, and he might have, and, and his, his athletic ability is insane. It's beautiful to watch. But I don't think he's going to be better than Andrew Wiggins. I, I I don't agree with that. But he will be. He will be a guy that will make the All Star team at some point. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having three All Stars on your team, right? I, I I really can't get into the uh, the conversation about Levine versus Wiggins. I, I think Wiggins is the better player. I'm sorry, but Zach Levine is the the best three point shooter on the roster, especially in the catch and shoot situation. He's becoming more and more dynamic, where he can put up the shot off the dribble. Yes, you know, that's good. I think it's a lower percentage shot, but certain guys, as they continue to improve, they're still going to hit that shot, and that's wonderful to know. Zach Levine's future in this league is really good as well. I think Wiggins will go from, was it, 20.7 points. I think he'll increase it to 23-24 this year. You're going to see a different guy, maybe even 25. You might see him really emerge this year and make the All-Star team outright. If, if, if he's scoring 25 points a game, he'll be in the All-Star game. I think Carl Anthony Towns' chances of making the All-Star team this year are excellent. Uh, Zach Levine probably won't make it this year because I don't know if you're going to get three Timberwolves in the All-Star game now. That might be a little bit crazy, but don't be surprised to see both Towns and Wiggins in the All-Star game. Um, Zach Levine, if he wants to three-peat for the dunk contest, that would be very cool if he wants to. Uh, he, he will win it if he goes back, no doubt about it. I think he's going to continue to develop and be in the 20 points a game range. He's absolutely that type of guy. You're going to see 40% from the from the from beyond the arc 
and you're going to see continued ability to attack the baskets. Needs to continue to bulk up, and he has been doing that. He's been lifting weights, pumping the iron. He's got that skinnier frame. That's the one thing. But I'm sure as time goes by, he'll bulk up, continue to bulk up during the course of his career because they all do. Wiggins absolutely is going to keep getting bigger. He has that. Uh, he he has a body that can get big, definitely, and Carl especially in that case. So there you go. Now we dance around a little bit. Gorgie Zhang. Wonderful power forward. I, I really like what he brings to the table. He's a little clumsy at times, but he can he can get 10 rebounds a game. He's capable of it. He's, he's a really nice defender. We're, it's guys like Towns and Gorgie that are going to really miss Kevin Garnett out there. Um, that's a shame. And we'll talk about him more again in the third segment. Maybe I'll bounce into him a bit. We'll, they will miss him a lot. Uh, Gorgie has a very similar game style to Garnett. Obviously, is a similar model of player to Garnett. Certainly not the talent level, but still is a talented guy, capable of again getting of getting double-digit rebounds, blocking shots, changing shots, and he's actually a pretty damn good passer too. He's a he's a nice player, just occasional goofy little shocked in the fool type plays, but he'll make up for it with a lot of good defense and again hitting shots in in traffic and such, taking the ball to the basket when he needs to, hitting some mid ranges and putbacks, all that, and of course being the uh, beneficiary of some really nice passes from Rubio, Levine, Wiggins, Towns, guys like that, of course, any of them. you know, being And Chris Dunn, let's not forget that. He can pass the ball too, you think? So there you go. He'll, he'll definitely be the beneficiary of a lot of that with his athleticism, and he'll be able to break free when people are paying attention to Carl Anthony Towns, stuff like that. Gorgie Zhang, I think, is a good power forward for the Timberwolves. He's, he's good enough to play that position. I don't, see, I don't see it as a weakness. I really don't at all. Point guard is a position of question. Not because there's a lack of talent, but because, well, you get the idea. You have Ricky Rubio, who was the fifth overall pick in 2009. He was looked on as a trans- transcending player to this league, becoming something really spectacular. He hasn't really been that guy. His passing ability is as good as it gets. He's probably the best passer in the entire league. His jump shot is, well, it's been in question forever. I'm not going to go on it for, I'm not going to go on it constantly, but at the same time, it's a weakness for him. I understand we don't need Chris Paul to be your starting point guard when you have Carl, uh, Andrew, and, and Zach. You don't need Chris Paul. That would be a mistake. That, that would be bad because then uh, it would kill the flow of the offense. So Ricky Rubio is a nice fit for this team in that sense. Chris Dunn, though, has a little bit more ability to score baskets, and his defense is actually better, too. So the only thing he's not as good at with Rubio, in my humble opinion, is his passing. My humble opinion. Of course, all this is yet to be seen, but at the same time, you can see the ability from Chris Dunn. You can see it developing. I can't wait to watch him. Um, He is a good rebounder, just like Ricky Rubio. Both of them rebound the ball very well. And yes, another comparison is how Rubio is a better rebounder than Wiggins. Yeah, I understand that. And it is a little bit annoying, but you have two forwards who are very good rebounders in Carl and Gorgi. So at least you have that. And okay, Rubio picks up some of them too. So they're just stealing it from Wiggins. That's all. That's all it is. They're just stealing it from Wiggins. It has nothing to do with, with Wiggins not being a good rebounder. So, so stop picking on him, right? Okay, no, Andrew does need to rebound the ball better. <laughs> Rubio and Dunn. Rubio and Dunn. Dunn, Rubio. Rubio will be the starting point guard for the Timberwolves most of the season, maybe the whole season. Um, he's certainly going to start out as the starting point guard. Chris Dunn is an older rookie than some of the other guys. I can't wait to see him, though. I, I, I really can't wait to see what he can do out there. But, again, 
his passing ability is very good. Rebounding, defense, all that. He's he's gonna be, he's a Tom Thibodeau type of guy. Rubio's capable of knocking the ball away. I don't think he's as good of a man on defender as Dunn, but he's good at taking away passing lanes. That's where Rubio's strength is because he's kind of long. So is Dunn though, and Dunn can really drive to that basket. And his his shooting is 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 significantly better than Rubio's, but not way better. He's not again Chris Paul. But you don't need Chris Paul. That's the thing. It's just Dunn may be more aggressive getting to the basket. That may be something that can be exciting for those of us out there. I can see him in time being a 15 to 18 points a game point uh, player for the Wolves. And maybe 8 or 9 assists. And again, the very strong defense that Tom Thibodeau so very loves. Very much loves. Tyus Jones was the MVP of the Summer League. And that's good. <laughs> that's nice. He has talent. He's small in stature. He can score a little bit. His defense isn't that good. He's the third string point guard on the Wolves at this stage, and, well, there it is. Um, He's going to have to be. Unfortunately, he's buried under Rubio and Dunn. He'll get some playing time, and, of course, you know, you never know. Somebody might miss a game or two or more than that. You never know. So Tyus Jones is a valuable backup point guard in this league. I think he has, uh, he's one of those spark plug off the bench type of guys. That's, That's how I project out his career potential in the NBA. A spark plug off the bench who can who has a significant amount of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Lots of nice moves. He, he's capable of just putting the ball in the basket. Again, the object of the game, right? Uh, Nemanja Bielica, well, talk is that he's improved, and I hope so. He's he, he's a decent defender out there, and Tom Thibodeau, I think, will continue to develop uh, Bielica in that category. One interesting note here, it seems like Jordan Hill has been kind of buried. Um... I don't know what's going on with that. Jordan Hill has been very, been fairly valuable in his career with Indiana and L.A. It, right now, it doesn't look like he's going to get a whole lot of playing time. It seems like Cole Aldrich is going to get a lot more of the backup center minutes. Jordan Hill, is he the backup center, backup power forward? I'm not sure. It, he's not getting a lot of minutes in the preseason. I don't know if Tom Thibodeau doesn't like what he sees or what the deal is. So that's something to... That's a little tiny little miniature red flag to start out the season for me. It's Jordan Hill. I think he's more valuable than that, but I don't know. Is he hurt, or is Tom Thibodeau just feeling things out with other players, and he already knows what Jordan Hill can do? That might be all it is, but hmm, we'll have to wait and see with that. Bielitsa and Jordan Hill, valuable players off the bench, power forward in that case. Jordan Hill can also play center. Of course, Gorgi Zheng and Cole Aldridge can as well. Cole has been getting significant minutes in the preseason, way more than Jordan Hill. Again, that's a question mark for me. I wonder what's going on with that. Cole Aldrich, in his career, has seen very limited minutes, but he, he, he can block shots. He's clumsy on the offensive side of the ball, can't hit a free throw for his life, at least not really. He, he's not that good at it, but uh, he's, he's a very aggressive defensive player, and again, Tom Thibodeau has always liked those type of guys. I thought Jordan Hill was a pretty good defender, too, but I guess Cole Aldrich is better defender in that case. Um, as we kind of continue to swing around the flip side, so to speak, Shabazz Muhammad. Um, it sounds like the relationship between him and Tom Thibodeau is off to a very good start. That's awesome. Um, Shabazz Muhammad really wants to work on his defense. That's great to hear because coming into the NBA, Shabazz Muhammad had that Michael Beasley uh, type of people saw him as a Michael Beasley type of th- thought process. That's what they were projecting him out to be, which wasn't necessarily good news. A guy that could maybe score 20 points, couldn't guard anybody, and was out of control. That type of thing. Um, He's really a nice player in this league. Uh, He's not a starter, but he can start when you need him to. That's the good part. 
he can certainly rebound the ball, and his physical, his, his, his big big body and such, his physical play is very valuable, particularly against the better teams out there, like the Warriors and such, who have, the, you know, have the Draymond Greens of the world. He can body up to that guy when he needs to, and he can overpower a smaller, small forward, that type of thing, or even shooting guards out there. He can really outpower certain guys, and if he continues to work on that defense, very cool. Very exciting to see what Shabazz Muhammad will bring during the course of this season. Brandon Rush, again, one of the other, uh, the final addition in the offseason. Well, he is what he is. Uh, limited role in the NBA. He was looked on to be one of the better shooters coming into the draft years ago. Hasn't, you know, he can shoot, but he doesn't really bring a whole lot else. That's the problem. He's kind of a one-dimensional player who can shoot a bit, and that's about it. I'm not sure what his role is going to be on this team, other than, I guess, maybe like the 10th guy, something like that. He'll see some minutes, he'll hit some shots, and I don't know, uh, not a whole lot to expect, and at the same time, so many other players on the roster. Brandon Rush will be backing up uh, Zach Levine at the shooting guard position, so he will see some minutes, without a doubt. But again, Wiggins will probably see minutes at shooting guard. You're going to see interchangeable, interchangeables with Brandon Rush, uh, Muhammad Levine, Wiggins, all that, small forward, shooting guard, this and that. Levine will never play small forward, but you get the idea. Rush might a little bit. Shabazz probably will play significant minutes at small forward, that type of thing. So you're going to see a lot of back and forth, and certain guys are going to play. Certain guys kind of aren't. Brandon Rush, I think, is the odd man out in that one. And not in a, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes, per se. But it, it's all a wait and see. I mean... I think all of them will get some minutes, obviously, but it's just somebody's going to get the short straw in terms of the minutes right now. I think that's Brandon Rush, most likely, because you got Wiggins, Levine, come on now. And, of course, Shabazz is very valuable. So, I don't know. I, it doesn't really matter if Brandon Rush plays a lot or not, that type of thing. Of course, some of you might complain if he plays a lot because somebody else isn't getting the minutes. That's where the frustration would come in. So we'll just have to wait and see how things develop there. Very exciting prospects coming into the season for me, and of course, many a Timberwolves fan. Um, I think this team has a very legitimate chance to make the postseason in a very tough Western Conference. The bottom half of the Western Conference isn't as deadly as it used to be. You don't necessarily have to win like 53 games to make the playoffs anymore. You might be able to get in with 48, 47, 46. And that's about where I see the Timberwolves coming into this season. Um, That's a big jump, you know? I mean... From a couple of years ago when the Wolves won 15 games and then 29 last year and then 46, we'll say, I'm going to say 46 to 48 wins, so we'll stick on 47. There you go. That's a big jump, man. Yes, you yes, you bring in a very good coach and you have Carl and Andrew a year older, a year better, Zach, the same thing, Gorgie. Hopefully he'll continue to improve. I don't know if he's already at his healing. He's pretty close to it. Shabazz probably a little get better, I got to think. Um, Rubio done, man, Lord. Yeah, they're, they're going to win over 40 games. I think upper half of 40 games, 47 games, in my humble opinion. And you'll see them in the 6 to 8 range in the playoff bracket, in my humble opinion. This is like 96, 97, all over again with Garnett, Marbury, and Gugliotta. That's what it is. Luckily, one of the three best players isn't 30 years old, like Tom Gugliotta was. They're turning 30. He was about, what was he? He was born in 68, I believe, or 69. So that would have made him about 27, 28. Carl's 20, Andrew's 20, and Zach is 20. Well, there you go. <laughs> Chris is 22. There's the old man over there with his cane. <laughs> you guys, come on now. Let's go. Uh, let's go out there, you know. Yeah, that's an old rookie, you know. 
when you had other guys start their career when they were 19 years old, basically. Carl was 19 for a couple of seconds. Andrew was 19 for more than half the season. Zach, same thing in his rookie year. Boy. So, man, it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a very fun season. You're going to see a lot more wins. You're going to see spectacular plays. You're going to see young guys, young, exciting players become stars in this league this season. And I couldn't be happier about it. I, I really couldn't. Um, I'm still not going to drink any Kool-Aid, though. Don't expect me to come up here and just whine and bitch about the refs and say, how dare you say Andrew's not rebounding enough? No, he needs to rebound the basketball. Of course he does. Uh, stuff like that. Um, hopefully these guys develop at the projection that a lot of us believe they can because if they do, yes, they will be in the upper 40s in victories this year. I don't see 50 yet. I'm not ready to do that. Next year, probably. But I'm not ready to do that yet. At this stage now, it all hinges on being healthy, working together, and learning as a team and as individuals as well. There it is. Um, Other guys, real quick, I might as well, well, yeah, John Lucas, some people think he'll stick on as a point guard, Russell Butler. People believe those two guys are going to stick on as final training camp invitees. Uh, Adrian Payne is still on the roster. I don't have a whole lot to say about Adrian Payne. I'm sorry, no disrespect on that one. I just don't see it. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, luckily, we won't have to give up that draft pick this year from what it sounds like. So that's the good side of things. We'll see, though. Eventually, the Wolves will have to give up the first-round pick, but it won't be a high one. It really won't. So <laughs> we'll give up a 20-something pick. Luckily, you have enough players on the roster at this stage, enough prospects on the roster that maybe we're not dying for a uh, uh, 23rd pick in the draft at this stage. So that's the lucky part in that side of things. Very exciting coming into the season, though, like I said before. 47 wins for the Timberwolves and a playoff berth. We'll be back right after this to talk about the rest of the league and, of course, exactly where the Wolves may be, may be seeding up in the Western Conference. Well, the Timberwolves' playoff drought should come to an end. But who's going to win the NBA championship? And who's going to disappoint this year? Hmm, lots of stuff to think about. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, NBA season preview. Yes, sir. We can kind of bounce around in the league a bit. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. Um, Well, (laughs) Cleveland is going to have the number one seed. I think they're still the best team in the Eastern Conference. And it's not just because I like the Cavaliers or like LeBron James. Yes, I admittedly do. There may be a slight bias there, but, but I mean... I'm coming in with an objective approach here, and Cleveland is going to be the best team in the East again. As for the number two team, does Toronto regain that? Do they get it back again? I don't know about that. Um, Boston is definitely going to be better. they got Al Horford, and Brad Stevens has made incredible progress with that team. It's a shame they couldn't get past the Atlanta Hawks last year, but then, yeah, because when the Hawks advanced, they ran into Cleveland, and boom, four-game sweep. Atlanta, yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, not sure where to go with that. Philadelphia, obviously, has been kind of, you know, they've been waiting forever for Joel Embiid. I think he's going to, he's he's finally going to play this year. I think he's going to play. No, he's finally going to play this year. It's like a miracle. He's finally going to play. I, I, I can't believe it. Um, we'll just have to wait and see how that turns out, though. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, uh, you know, they're not impressing really anybody much. Orlando... They hope will be better. They got Frank Vogel now. Washington has Scott Brooks. They should return to the playoffs. 
And when they do, I don't know. Scott Brooks is one of those regular season coaches with some playoff success. He's not that bad, you know, but he wasn't going to get a championship with the Thunder, and they made the right decision there. Um, we'll talk about the Thunder some more later. Uh, mm. Detroit, I think I think Detroit should be back in the mix in the playoffs. I think they'll be a little higher than last year. I don't think they're going to be eighth again. Indiana is a good team. Chicago should be back in the playoffs. They got all these veterans. You got... Uh, you know, you got you got Dwayne Wade, which I think he's on his last leg, honestly. And him and uh, just just the other day, he he said that him and LeBron almost signed with the uh, Chicago Bulls in 2010. So that would have been very interesting at that time. Maybe even Chris Bosh would have followed in kind. Pardon me for the the noise there, but <laughs> uh, Milwaukee. I I don't know what to think. I don't know what they're doing. I kind of you know I kind of like them, but. I don't know. Uh, they didn't make it last year, and they weren't that good. And I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Jason Kidd, whatever. Hmm. Uh, Washington, Orlando. Or- Orlando should be a little better under Frank Vogel, but again, he's not that great. Brooklyn should suck really bad. And again, not a shot at Rusty over there in Australia, in Sydney, Australia. Rusty of the crossover podcast, the crossover podcast, them and the courtside podcast, still MIA for a while. Crossover recorded their last show. I, I'm the I'm the guy who's lucky enough to be able to upload it for them onto iTunes. I'm proud to do that. I, I love to do that. And I love to do that for them. It's fun. You know, and I'm always very excited that they have a new show and I download it immediately once it's uploaded on iTunes. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, I've always liked the Knicks a little bit more than the Nets. And again, that's nothing against Rusty. Uh, P-Mac does the Knicks there with the, uh, he's also out of Australia. Um, the Knicks, I don't know what to do. Go, I don't know where to go with them either. I, I think they're going to be better. Yeah, they got Derrick Rose. You got Carmelo, who I don't like. Uh, Jeff Hornacek's the coach. He might be a stabling factor. He's kind of an ass though. I don't know. And I don't mean in a, I don't mean he's like yeller, screamer, that type of ass. He's kind of a smart ass type. So I, I, I don't know. It should be interesting the way things go with them. I always kind of had a thing against that guy. I don't know why. When he was at the Jazz, just I don't know. He just bugged me, and he kind of brought that same personality to uh, Phoenix Suns. I just saw the same facial expressions all the time. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's a decent coach, though. I don't really dislike him that much. Knicks should bounce up a bit. So you're going to see teams bounce up, other teams go down. I don't know. I mean, I, it's like you have to keep, I keep having to bounce around considering who made the playoffs last year. But if I have to pick a flop, it's got to be the Atlanta Hawks. They got Dwight Howard. They won 48 games last year, just like everybody else. Charlotte, Boston, Atlanta, Miami, all won 48 games. Now Miami is not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a They're going to be a lottery team this year. God bless them. Uh, no more Wade, and Bosch is not going to play ever again. And he's just not, and uh, that's a fact. It just is what it is. What are you going to do there? Toronto won 56 games last year. Very strong season. Um, can they do that again? I don't know. I think that was. I think their ship may have sailed. I think Boston is going to be a 50-win team this year. Atlanta is going to miss the playoffs. I think that's kind of my big take here because Miami missing the playoffs is not a big take. Atlanta's going to be the flop in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you get Dwight Howard, who's an ass. There, I use the word again. He's also a dog. A, just a, Everywhere he's gone, he's not as good as they think he is, other than Orlando at the beginning. Okay, sure, that worked out because he just started his career. And it's like, wow, this 
this guy's really a shot-blocking, rebounding machine. Woo! And then the Magic made the finals a few, uh, few years later. But ever since... He goes to L.A. Oh, these bleeping assholes. They, they, they upstarted the Timberwolves. They won up the Timberwolves. Now they're going to win a championship. Oh, blank this, blank that. Yeah, they sucked. They sucked. And Dwight Howard had nothing to do with their with any success they had that year. Bullcrap. He goes to Houston. Okay, he got some rebounds in that nice little upset they pulled against the uh, L.A. Clippers. It was kind of an upset. But they were already choking a series away at that point. And then the Clippers were the ones that really choked that series away after a 3-1 to one lead. Good on Houston and, and Dwight Howard getting a lot of rebounds. But really, it's just everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes, man. He underachieves and he has a stupid attitude and he can't wait to get out of there. They can't wait to get rid of him. Welcome home and welcome home to Atlanta, Dwight Howard. Um, this is, I don't know what to say. Uh, other than they're not going to be that good. Um, you think, ooh, boy, Al Horford's gone, but they got Howard now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bullcrap. Uh... Atlanta's going to miss the playoffs this year, and they are going to be the flop. Boston is going to go way up. I think they're going to be the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. They're going to win 55 games, I think. Something like that. I think Cleveland's going to win. I think they are going to ride the momentum that they took from the NBA Finals, and they are going to win over 60 games this year. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are ready to go for a possible repeat this year. They are going to win 60-something, 62 to 64 games. They are going to have a huge season. They're not going to be like last year with 57, which is still respectable numbers. It's like, you know, oh, they only won 57. Yeah, so what? That's still really good. I mean, the Houston Rockets won it with 58. They won it with 47. So, you know, whatever. They they competed when it mattered, and they got the job done. Then they beat a team that was full of themselves. And that's all I got to say about that. They beat a team that was full of themselves. And good on you, Cleveland. Congratulations to that. Toronto's going to drop to like three or four. Uh, I think Chicago's going to be back in the playoffs. Charlotte, I don't know. I mean, they lost El Jefferson. I'm not really sure what to go with, where to go with the Charlotte Hornets at this stage. God bless them, but I mean, uh, they'll probably be like the eighth seed. They'll be hanging around. Detroit is probably going to replace them around that six to five range. Something like that. I think Indiana, who finished in seventh place last year, but again, only three games behind the third seed of Miami Heat. Indiana is going to be third. I'm going to go with Cleveland, Boston, Indiana. Chicago will be fourth. And Detroit will be fifth. And I don't know. Um... Detroit should be fifth. I think the Washington Wizards will be sixth. Yep, there we go. Washington Wizards. Hello. Wizards and Detroit will kind of be interchangeable, but Detroit sixth. Detroit uh, Detroit fifth. Washington sixth. And then you'll have you'll have Charlotte seven-ish. Seven-ish with uh, Orlando, Milwaukee, New York. They're all kind of competing for number eight. So there you go. It doesn't really matter exactly, but that's kind of where I stand. Whereas the Brooklyn's, Philadelphia's are for sure going to miss... Uh, I think New York, Atlanta, uh, New York, Orlando, Milwaukee, and even Atlanta, they'll all be in the hunt for that final seed, and maybe the Hawks sneak in with the eighth seed, and that's about it. And that's disappointing, considering who they had last year. So the team that will kind of surprise people will say it'll be Detroit, I guess. Boston's not really surprising anybody, because they made a nice addition. They, they're kind of surprising, because they, you know, but they didn't really lose anybody. They're just moving up. They're going to be number two. Toronto 3, yep, like I said. Toronto's still going to be very much in it, but um, the surprise team 
Chicago's not a surprise because they added those nice veterans, but it's not going to give them, it's not going to put them in as a championship contender. No. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, and Jimmy Butler. That's a nice team. Now, Butler's young, and he's really good. God bless him. He could have been a Timberwolf, maybe, but nah. I don't know. Probably would have been too expensive. And again, what are you going to do with the Butler-Wiggins thing? They're kind of too similar, you know? They're way too similar. That could have been a problem. Um, surprise team will be Detroit. Kind of a quiet, not-so-surprising surprise. But they'll they'll win like 50-ish this year. They're going to be 48-50-ish. They'll be in that range. Um, kind of like Detroit a little bit. And Washington will be back in the playoffs. So Scott Brooks is coach. Got to think he's better than Randy Whitman. God bless him and everything. Conference finals are going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. Cleveland Cavaliers, Boston Celtics. Last year I had Indiana going to the final or to the Eastern Conference finals. I'm going to go with the Celtics. I think they're going to be far and away the second best team in the Eastern Conference and they're going to prove it in the playoffs this year. They're going to get out of the first round and pass the second round against a Detroit. Somebody like that. They'll be better than a Detroit, than a um, maybe they, oh well, yeah, they'll probably have to play Indiana. That might be a really epic series in the second round. Um, that sounds like a pretty nice little matchup right there, Indiana and Boston in the second round. Very, very possible. We'll see where things go from there. And there it is. <laughs> Cleveland and Boston. Cleveland Cavaliers win the East again. Third year in a row, they win the East. And that is the seventh NBA Finals in a row for LeBron James. Seventh in a row. Dang, that's a lot. <laughs> but Cleveland will have that really good season this year. They might end up with the top record, believe it or not. Maybe, depending on the, how the chemistry goes over in Northern California. Because that's the other team that's going to have the best record, probably. <laughs> it's going to be, they're going to win maybe 70 again. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second here. We might as well actually get over to the East. Because you got Surprise Detroit, Flop Atlanta in the the, the East. Cleveland-Boston with Cleveland winning the East again. Yes, that's going to happen. Like it or not, it's going to happen. And it's not because I like the Cavaliers. It's because they're going to win it again. Because they're the best team in the East. And you know that. You you just know it. Um, Barring some kind of injury or some huge unseen decline in LeBron's play. Um, But he's not Aaron Rodgers or anything. So you're not going to see a lot of incomplete passes and missed shots. Oh, sorry about that, Packer fans. I I couldn't say. I, I can't believe I said that. How childish. Oh, darn. Um, <clears throat> Western Conference. Golden State's going to have the top seed in the West. San Antonio. Well, uh, they got Pau Gasol. <laughs> Oklahoma City lost somebody. They, they lost somebody kind of significant, but they'll be okay. They'll still get, they'll be number two. Who's going to be the number two seed? It's got to be the Spurs, I guess. I mean, it's not going to be the Clippers. Portland? No. Dallas? No. Memphis? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Memphis. Ha! No, um, I don't think so. It's got to be the Spurs and the uh, the Warriors again competing for the top seed. I don't think the Spurs win 67-ish this year. I think they win <clears throat> 59, 60, you know, 58, something like that. They're going to, you might see a little switcheroo between the Cavs and the Spurs this year in the record. Cavaliers are going to have a big year. I, I just feel it. The confidence, they're going to explode, I think. I really think Cavaliers are going to win maybe 65 games this year. You, you Just wait and see. Now, if I'm way off, so be it. This is a bad. It's a, it's it's a it's a discussion. It's a conversation. Did anybody really think the Warriors were going to win 73 games last year? Did you really? I mean, it really, you know. And again, well, yeah, they're still not the Bulls, though. Ha ha, the '90s Bulls. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, 
Golden State, San Antonio. The state, Golden State's going to be in the 70 win range again. Yes. They added Kevin Durant. Yeah, there I said his name. Now he will still not be named very often, we'll say. Because I'm pissed off at him. And I'm pissed off at him. And I'm not a fan of Robert Muncher. Not really. Um, I love Draymond Green as a player. When he's not playing against the Timberwolves or anybody else, I guess. <laughs> you know, I love him as a player. But as a competitor, I hate him so freaking much. Because he's obnoxious. And, and he's dirty a little bit. A little bit dirty. Chippy. Chippy. There we go. Chippy. Um, he, oh, he's an asshole of a player. So is, uh, so is, uh, son of a biscuit in Clipperland. Uh, uh, you know, he, he drives me nuts. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, just, uh, he drives me nuts. He's so aggressive and it's annoying and he shoves it. He kind of rubs it in your face a little bit. Rubber Muncher likes to rub people, likes to rub it in your face when he does the wiggle worm crap. Hopefully he won't do that again. Um, we'll see. Let's just, you know, maybe not be so interested in the wiggle worm and yucking it up on the bench because you lost last year. You lost. So maybe maybe if, if Golden State is serious about uh, winning another championship, then act serious. Don't act like you're at a playground. That'd be my personal advice. Sorry if that's condescending or rude a little bit, but I don't know. I think you were kind of condescending and rude. How about that, Golden State? Huh? Huh? What do you think of that? Spurs, again, okay. You get the point. Golden State's going to win 69-71. to 71, Something like that. I don't think they're going to get 73 again. Because what good did it do them? Seriously. If you win over 70 games, you have to win a championship, right? But you killed yourself to get that 73rd win. And it didn't didn't work out. Um, so we're going to say 67-71 for Golden State this year. I don't think they'll get 72. But something like that. Spurs will get 58 to 62-ish wins. And after that, boy, uh, Minnesota? Yeah, maybe. No, I don't think we'll be that good. I think next year we're going to be like second or third. Oh, yeah. I think next year second or third is a very big possibility because, you know, do do you notice the door is opening a little bit in that Western Conference? Just a tiny bit? At least for the third seed, it's kind of wide open, isn't it? Is Portland scary? Not really. They're kind of annoying. They've always been kind of a pain in the ass for the Wolves. So are the Clippers. Pain in the ass and annoying. But do they scare you at all? If you're, you know, to, do you think they scare the Spurs or the Warriors at all? No. Oklahoma City will be in the mix, but they lost Kevin Durant. Uh, when they lost Kevin Durant in the past, they were right about where Portland and Dallas were last year. 44, 42, maybe 47, 48 wins. And that's about all you're going to get out of OKC. Uh, who is going to get the third seed this year? It, it is tough. Is it going to... I mean, according to some pundits out there, you might go with the freaking Jazz. They might win 50 games this year. Well, I I don't know about that. I'm mean, They're okay, but I don't know. Denver doesn't scare me that much. I think they're kind of like just hanging around, but they did get Jamal Murray, though, who I really like. That guy can score at any angle going to the basket. That guy is a tough son of a bitch. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, they've got to be better than last year. Wow, talk about flop. But so are the Houston Dogs, the Houston Rockets, the, the scrubbed Rockets. They hired Rick D'Antoni, you know, Vince's favorite coach ever. You know, PMAC's favorite coach ever. PMAC of the, you know, the New York Knicks, you know. Just their favorite coach ever. You know, he should go back to the Phoenix Suns and hope for the best there. That would be about it. Uh, you know, that's the only time he had success. It was a pretty decent team. But uh, uh, Houston Rockets, I don't know. Um, well, the, they'll play faster. That's the good part. They'll play with a little bit more speed if it's still the Dan Tony run and gun style. 
So that's good because Houston's been pretty freaking slow for the pretty much since they were born. I mean, the slowest team ever. I don't know what to make of the Rockets. I don't know what to make of the Clippers, any of them. Um, you know, you, fig- you think they're going to drop off. And I guess if you have to pick one team right now to be the number three seed in the Western Conference... I'm going to go with the Clippers. I, I hate to because I hate them. But I but I kind of hate everybody in the West, don't I? Uh, Nene Hilarios, the starting center. Clint Capella. Boy, that's like a door is wide open for a 40-year-old guy who, who got shunned by Glenn Taylor, which he did not get shunned by Glenn Taylor. And he, No. His knees were bothering him, and he wasn't confident that he could play. Flip Saunders made promises to Kevin Garnett when, when the trade was possibly happening about being a part part owner. I don't think that's completely over yet. I don't think Glenn Taylor's just going to slam the door in Garnett's face. I think some of you around here are getting a little butthurt about something that is probably not as bad as you think it is. Yes, people are chirping over in Clipperland and in Cleveland and such. You know what, though? Whatever. I, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be, though Garnett does tend to take things awfully personally, so we'll see what happens. Um... But don't be surprised to see... Well, actually, that's a... I'm talking about the Rockets. Why am I talking about... <laughs> I don't think Garnett's going to the Rockets. I think, if anything, he's going to the Clippers. I don't know why I just said that. Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> if anything, though... Um, yeah, if Garnett plays this year, it'll be with the Clippers and maybe Cleveland because uh, Tyron Loop supposedly wants him over there, too. Um, I don't know why I just said the Rockets. That just came out wrong. So my, my apologies. Sometimes you just say the wrong one. But uh, Houston is... I don't think they're going to make it. I think that's a at minimum Houston being out will be Minnesota in in, in the playoffs. That'll be they'll make room for Minnesota and Utah. Uh, I think Memphis and Houston will miss the playoffs this year, opening the door for Minnesota and Utah. Utah Jazz will make the playoffs in 2016-17. So you got Golden State as we go and review here, slight review. Uh, San Antonio Spurs second. LA Clippers third. So fourth is going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. No, it's going to I'm going to go with Portland. I think they're going to be decent this year. Again, they're not going to make they're not going to scare anybody. So it's not like, "Oh my god, what are we going to do about those Blazers?" Right now, you know, wait, how many games did they win last year? Is I try to Oh no. Um you know, the fourth seed could be the Wolves, couldn't it? The more and more I look at this cuz Dallas is getting super duper old. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Dallas might be the eighth seed. They might miss. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have all of them missing. Dallas, Memphis, and Houston, the bottom three, gone. Minnesota, New Orleans will be back in the playoffs this year. They will exceed, uh, they will certainly improve off of last year. And Utah will all be at least in that bottom three there. Oklahoma is going to be the fourth seed. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma for the fourth seed for now. The Wolves will be the fifth seed. And sixth is going to be the Portland Jailblazers, the Trailblazers. Seventh will be the, you know, the Pelicans. I think they're better than Utah. Yeah, Pelicans will be the, the seventh seed and Utah will be the eighth. I think the Wolves will be the fifth seed this year. How about that? You go from not making the playoffs for over a decade, 12 freaking years. I mean, who would have thought it would be 12 years to being the, the fifth seed in the West? Yeah, I mean, because it's wide open, man. If the Wolves, put it this way, if the Wolves don't make the playoffs this year, boy, I, what the hell happened here? I mean, how many how many people got hurt? You know, that type of thing. 
But yeah, so we'll wrap up with Golden State 1, San Antonio 2, Clippers 3, Oklahoma 4, Minnesota 5, Portland 6, the Pelicans 7, and the Jazz 8th. So the Utah Jazz are not going to win 50 games this year. They'll win about 43, 45, 44, something like that. Pelicans will win 45, 46, 44 minimum. Um, Portland will win, you know, about the same as last year. I don't see a whole lot of, they don't have a whole lot of change, though their backcourt's pretty good. That's the, that's the danger there. You know, Portland is going to win, yeah, they're going to win 45. Minnesota's going to win 46, 47, believe it or not. Yeah, 47, like I said earlier. Uh, Oklahoma City's going to win 48 somehow. I don't know, 47. It, it might be like the head-to-head matchup. And Minnesota might end up with the fourth seed over Oklahoma, but I'll stick with Oklahoma for fourth seed right now, believe it or not. You might think I'm crazy, but these guys are really young. Just let it let it develop. This is the first year in the playoffs, and I think next year we could be talking third, third seed for the Wolves, I think almost for sure. And if San Antonio gets old as quickly as, as they might, um, at least with Pau Gasol and Tony Parker, because they did not get Mike Conley out of Memphis, who will be the only good player on that team this year, uh, if the Spurs don't get a younger point guard, the Wolves may go all the way up to number two next year. It's it's a slight possibility. So the team that's going to flop and disappoint because they just are uh, is the Houston Rockets, even though they won't disappoint too much. Um, they're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to not be impressive at all. Memphis is going to be worse. Dallas is going to be out. The team that will surprise some people. You know, it might be Oklahoma City, I guess, because I'm giving them the third seed, uh, fourth seed still. They might surprise people because they got a nice, they, they got Oladipo and they got that nice power forward. So that'll be the surprise that Oklahoma City will still at least get to the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Western Conference Finals, it's a collision course, man. I mean, if it's anybody else other than Golden State and San Antonio, I'll be very surprised. I mean, maybe the Clippers finally break through. But they won't win the West. It's going to be the freaking Warriors again. And you're going to get Cleveland and Golden State for the third year in a row. Third year in a row. And I'm telling you, two years ago, that Cavaliers team knew how to beat the Golden State Warriors, but they were undermanned due to injuries. That's not an ex- That's not coming out and making excuses. That's a fact. That's a fact. You have LeBron playing all by himself. And carrying that team on his back. He almost forced a seventh game against the Warriors by himself with Della Dova, basically. And okay, Tristan Thompson's pretty good. We'll give him credit there. But but who hit the game-winning shot? Who hit the dagger against the Warriors? It was the guy who was the second-best player on the, war, on, the, on the Cavaliers, and that was Kyrie Irving. So if Kyrie Irving and LeBron stay healthy, I think the Cavaliers win their second consecutive NBA championship and very possibly the final ring for LeBron James, the last one. Maybe that he sneaks in one more two years from now, something like that. Not next year, but two years from now. I think the Warriors will get one more at least. They'll at least get one more, maybe two more, in the Kevin Durant era. But I think the Warriors are going to come in thinking they're just going to rule this league, and it's not going to work out as good as it, as they thought. The Clippers, the Lakers, pardon me, in 03-04, came in thinking they're going to rule this league, roll right through it, with Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Carl Malone, and Gary Payton, and it didn't work out. Now, Malone and Payton were very old, okay? So, yeah, but they were still very good, especially Malone, and he mysteriously retired right after that. But even Payton was respectably good, and that team was very dangerous, but they weren't as good as people thought. Uh, Years ago, Dallas assembled so many studs on their team, and they weren't as good as they thought. The Houston Rockets put together a big three. 
They didn't win anything. The Celtics put together a big three, and it was the perfect mix. Just gorgeous. Beautiful team, but it only lasted one year. I think the Warriors will get one or two more championships in this era, but I think the Clippers, or excuse me, the Cavaliers, will get one more championship. It'll be one more title, at least one more, for LeBron James. And it's probably it, and maybe squeeze out one more later on, maybe as a secondary role with the Cavaliers, with Kyrie Irving being the best player two years from now. That type of thing. Kind of like a Tony Parker, you know, type of situation in San Antonio in 2007. Something like that. That's a possibility, but I'm not guaranteeing anything. Because I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are a team on the rise. Two to three years from now, you just might be comparing the Wolves and the Lynx as the multiple championship teams, multiple championship NBA, WNBA teams. And hopefully the Lynx can, yeah, survive. They're down two games to one. They got throttled last night after they throttled the Sparks in the second game. That sucks. So they're down two to one or they have to win game four. And if they do, they'll win it all. So it's all about game four, basically. <laughs> the Wolves, the, the, the Lynx will win the whole thing if they get to game five and target center, which is looking prettier and prettier by the minute, slowly but surely. By next uh, next season, you'll have a completely new target center. It's going to be beautiful. And there you go. Uh, if, the, if New York City can renovate Madison Square Garden rather than tear it down and build a brand new arena, why can't the city of Minneapolis? You know what I mean? And so, good job. I mean, New York City, you have bajillions of dollars and bajillions of people. So if they are able to maintain that building, even though it's as historic as it is, just saying, and not tear it down, it just says something. So I'm glad we were able to work it out that way. The, the city of Minneapolis and all that good stuff, a governor and all that. All that actually took place during the uh, Minnesota Vikings U.S. Bank Stadium vote. So funny how that was kind of in there, but much slower in the priority, <laughs> just a little bit. But luckily it is working out and Taylor has not complained about it once, at least not that I know of. Um, yeah, let, let's get to segment three. I'll get a couple other things off my mind at that stage. So there it is. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers will win their second consecutive title, like I said. We'll be back right after this for fan interaction and some other random banter out of my big mouth. here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction. Well, here we go. We got the Facebook, the Twitter, and the call-in line. Where should we start? I'll mention the call-in line first. There is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Again, it is a voicemail. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion, or Joey, I guess. Do your statement, comment, shout-out, whatever it is, and I want to thank you in advance for that call. Very welcome on board. Those of you out there overseas, there's multiple ways to get on hold the show the same way with audio submissions. Of course, there is the call now button on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash purple, uh, purple mafia, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves explosion. The call now button should directly connect that number through Facebook messenger, which should obviously not be any type of uh, uh, long distance. So Facebook messenger, what a beautiful thing. My goodness gracious, what a beautiful thing that is. The other method is audio submission via using your smartphone, smart device. Make it just usually just call in, press record. Yeah, you just press record (laughs) and treat it like a phone call. 
Save the file. Send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. Thank you very much. Tanae Brown, shout out to you. I love you very much. A great member of this show and uh, love the call-ins uh, that you've done in the past. Hope to hear from you soon in that category. Speaking of Tanae and Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast, still another shout out. They haven't recorded since. It sounds like they're going to record one soon. Oh, Courtside, please come back. Oh, please. I'm, you know, I'm like Magic Johnson right now in 1995, you know, on my knees begging, you know, bring the camera down here so they can see me with my hands folded. Please, please come back. Please come back. <laughs> like Magic Johnson was saying that to Michael Jordan. Please come back to Pat Basketball Podcasting World. Please come back. Please, please come back. So, yeah, I hope hope and pray they'll be back soon. I missed you guys a lot. They haven't, they haven't had a show uploaded since March the 4th. Ouch. Uh, courtside again about July 17, I believe. Uh, excuse me, the crossover. The crossover was uh, July 17th, courtside, March 4th. Man, almost as bad as Showtime and T-Wolves. Like, we haven't, we haven't uploaded a show since uh, May 5th, 2015. It still may exist, me and Vince, but it, it's just, you know... He's very busy. I'm very busy. You know, we're both married, all that stuff, you know. So he has kids. I don't. So that's easier for me. <laughs> and I'm in no rush to have him. So don't ask. Damn it. Don't even ask. <laughs> um, I want to thank Vince and Tanae very much for retweeting and liking the show. That's just fantastic. Thank you for passing on the message to the friends. And those of you out there as well, if you can, it's it's at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Do give it a follow. Just one word, Wolves Explosion, because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit. And you'll also see the information on the in the show description. Please tell your friends about the show. Retweet it, whatever, if you could. It's just unbelievably appreciated. So just thought I'd let you know that. Uh, mostly retweets and such. When I was saying, don't forget to check out the show. And that's it. <laughs> but thank you guys for that. So not so much conversation on there. So for some conversation, let's get to that Facebook page where we will continue off the Garnett retrospective. And this is where I might kind of banter off into my own little world here. Uh, here we go. Hank McCoy. Hank McCoy says, but you hate Garnett, Joey, LMAO. And I said, I do. Hank says, you trashed him almost every show last season. Ha ha. I wasn't that hard on him, though, was I? Um, Was I, though? And I love you, Hank. Don't get me wrong. Now, again, courtside podcast, the alpha dog there. He's the... He's the, he's the alpha dog of that show um, with Vince Germano, of course. You know, I'm hard on Garnett, but I still wanted him to succeed. I still wanted him to win a championship here in Minnesota. I didn't root for him to fail. And it's not like he majorly failed. He just wasn't that go-to, you know, take over the game in the fourth quarter kind of player. He just wasn't that guy, and it drove me absolutely up the wall. When you are as competitive as some of us fans are, and a lot of the players out there as well, all the players, I'd hope, and you just, you, you know, because not everybody is that person. I, I don't know why sometimes somebody with that amount of talent isn't that person. I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, that wasn't Garnett. It just wasn't him, damn it. And it, that's my criticism. I also didn't like the fact of bringing in the Trenton Hassels and Joe Smiths, and, and it just... And you hear how Garnett was not treated fairly from an, uh, somebody I won't name on a Facebook page. You know, what do you mean he wasn't treated fairly? What do you mean? I mean, Glenn Taylor opened that pocketbook not only for Kevin Garnett, but for every single dog, as we like to call them, like, yo, yo, dog, you know, like they're friends. Every single one of his dogs 
He opened that pocketbook for them too because Garnett wanted them here. Garnett accommodate, was accommodated very well by Glenn Taylor. The front office moves sucked. And yes, that's part of the problem. That's McHale. And that's where you can get mad. Some of the dopey, yes, okay, some of the dopey decision-making by Glenn Taylor along the way, along with keeping Kevin McHale, and of course the Joe Smith situation, which is beyond words, that type of stuff, I understand. Glenn Taylor is not, (laughs) he's not even in the top half of owners in the NBA in terms of some of the decision-making and such. But to tell me that Garnett was not treated fairly, by the, by the Timberwolves, is a lot of bullshit, as far as I'm concerned. A load of bullshit. Pardon my French, I swear more on this show than any other show, and I'm really sorry, because I know some of you out there are Christians like I am, and I shouldn't even be saying that. <laughs> you probably don't want to hear it, especially if you have little kids around. So, my apologies, but, uh, you know, sometimes I just gotta, gotta vent it out. I, I gotta say it anyway, I guess. It's just it's gonna come. Um, over $200 million and all that, I'm sorry. So, there you go. There, I trashed Garnett some more, didn't I? No, I didn't trash him. I'm just giving you the full story here, man. I'm trying, okay? Come on now, come on now. Do you want to listen to Timberwolves Explosion? Do you want to hear the honest story? Or do you just want to hear all the kumbaya, Garnett's great, Taylor's an asshole, uh, Garnett's the greatest thing since sliced bread, he, he should have been better than Jordan, but he just he was just too nice to the other players, that's all. You know, that's all. Okay, next case. I'm dragging this too far. Joseph Phillips, also out of Australia, says, Thanks for the historical perspective. Nice to have your podcast coming through again. Joey, any word on what they will do for his farewell, if anything? Nothing yet. And part of it is because Kevin Garnett is in one of his moods again, which is understandable. He's kind of ticked off at how things are kind of, how things kind of uh, took place. Tom Thibodeau is the boss of the Timberwolves on the basketball side. And that does not always mean things are going to go exactly the way Garnett wants because Tom Thibodeau's not Flip Saunders. Um, He's not Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders and Garnett had a certain relationship. Tom Thibodeau and Kevin Garnett have a different relationship. It's not bad, but it's different. So that's how things are going with that. Uh, As soon as things can mend and heal a little bit, then we'll hear some information. But at this point, there's nothing going on. And as for the historical side, that is my gift, my friend. And that's not arrogance, that's confidence. In that, you know, we all have our gift. You, you might be a great artist. Is there anything wrong or selfish or, or, or arrogant for saying you're a good artist when you are? Like, I'm a good artist? Well, you are a good artist. Or maybe you're really good at playing the guitar. Or maybe you're, <laughs> maybe you're a good singer. Maybe you can run like hell and you could beat anybody in a race or a bicycle or whatever. Or you're just the smartest son of a gun. You can trade any stock. You're the smartest businessman ever. That type of thing. You're just damn good at it, right? Well, I'm good at at doing a show and going in the historical perspective. That is kind of my gift, actually, being behind the mic and talking about historical perspective. I only wish I could make money doing it because I think think this is probably what I should be doing for for a living. But I don't know. uh, One day, hopefully. (laughs) One day, hopefully, my friend. One day. And that's not... Again, you know, I mean, people make money drawing art. People make money winning prizes in a race or singing. They make money making an album or whatever the hell it is. So let's continue. My apologies. Thomas M. Umberco posted on Flip's Army this, so I shared it on the Timberwolves Explosion page. He says, sad to hear. Now, this is the Facebook page, if I didn't mention that. I apologize. It's facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, so you know where the heck I am and what I'm doing. It says, sad to hear KG is hanging up, but super stoked that he's not unable to play, of course. 
Well, as for this news, uh, Timberwolves owner Pekovic won't play this year, maybe bought out. Um, there it is. Yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's super stoked about the Wolves itself, not that Garnett's unable to play. But uh, yeah, uh, Pekovic won't be able to play this year, maybe bought out. And I think that's exactly the way it's heading for Nikola Pekovic. No comments, no likes, nothing. Looks like everybody's bored with Pekovic, unfortunately. <laughs> and I posted, I agree with Brian Windhorst of ESPN, says that the future of the Timberwolves hinges more on Andrew Wiggins than anybody else. How about that? If he's the clutch assassin that I truly believe he is, this team will win championships. You heard it here first on Timberwolves Explosion when I called him the silent assassin. The silent assassin. That's what you heard first. That's his nickname. You know, for somebody out there that makes t-shirts, that would be the coolest thing ever. Just to make it say Silent Assassin. You don't even have to have a... You could have a Wiggins face on there. But just Timberwolves Explosion Silent Assassin. You know? I want that, doggone it. And of course, Carl the Igniter Tones. Carl is the Igniter. And Andrew Wiggins is the Silent Assassin. Um, There weren't any posts in here. But uh, Vince Germano did message me. And he said he does agree with it. And uh, and we kind of went on a little other random conversation. It's my own fault, though, that I did that, right? Uh, Where is he? Where does he say it? He says, I totally agree with you on Wiggins, mate. You know your shit. <laughs> Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, I truly believe he's going to be something. Um, uh, I, I I really believe it. Yeah. Um, I think Wiggins is the, he's the silent assassin, man. And silent assassins win games for you. Visitor pose. There's got to be some on here. And there are. So, today, not too much, though. Kind of quiet here, but it's understandable. It's been a while, and you know what? I didn't post anything to start conversation, so I, I've been a little quiet the past couple of weeks. Recorded on September 23rd. That's about three weeks ago already. Wow, it's a while. Uh, yep, here uh, I already read this, but I'll read it again. Uh, from 10A Brown, he says, Cat black, blacked out his Twitter. He's taking this pretty hard. That's about Garnett. From everything I read, he loved having the opportunity to work with KG. I think he was really hoping for one more year. And, yeah, like I said on the last show, I understand. I truly do. And all the semi, you know, I don't even think it's full-on criticism. It's semi-criticisms of Garnett. I still think, yeah, I mean, he was, they loved him. And they have every, you know, and he was helping them. He was helping Gorgie Zhang. He was helping Carl Anthony Towns. He was helping Andrew Wiggins, too. Andrew Wiggins really did want Garnett around. And, you know, that's the part that is unfortunate. And I do agree with that. It, it's unfortunate on both sides of things that they couldn't have something ready for Garnett. And at the same time that he tends to take things harder than maybe he needed to. It's like he gets pissed off kind of easy, that type of thing. It's a combination of things. Like, Garnett gets mad pretty easy, if you hadn't noticed. Um, and at the same time, I don't know. I mean, the Wolves should have probably had something hanging around for him to avoid that. That's the sucky part, and I hope somehow it can be replay, uh, repaired. As for Kevin Garnett being the full-on boss of the team, though, and all of you thinking he'd be a way better owner than Glenn Taylor, are you sure about that? Are you sure? Because, yeah, need I say again, Trenton Hassel, Troy Hudson, Joe Smith, all that. I don't know, man. Take it easy a little bit. Uh, I, I I don't know. Um, being an owner, sure. But the guy, I don't know. Um, you know, you have to hope for the best there. Um, 
he could maybe be the owner, but not the general manager like Tom Thibodeau would have to yeah, be the president of basketball. Like Garnett's the owner. He could represent the team, smile, go visit the players, but not meddle in the actual uh, front office. You know what I'm saying? That's what I would hope would be the case with Garnett. Then, sure. Okay, sure. He could be the owner. And then it would be interesting. Then maybe he could get a little perspective from the owner's side like Michael Jordan did, rather than just say, we need to give the players a uh, bottomless wallet. Now, of course, a lot of people think the owners have a bottomless wallet from the TV side of things. And, well, we'll see. Uh, Right now, it may appear that way, but nothing lasts forever, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing lasts forever. But the good news is, even though the collective bargaining agreement does not last forever, it sounds like they've been making significant progress already behind the scenes. So, hallelujah. That would be great if we can avoid a lockout. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Joseph Phillips will wrap up the show here saying, okay... So when I hear, have heard, people talk about Thibs, correct spelling? It's with an H, my friend. Well, Tibbs, it's, yeah, Thibs, probably use an H. Uh, He says, it has been about a coach that is going to bring the defensive intensity. Is that happening in the first two games? Is it too early to read into the first two games? Yeah, um, they're preseason games, of course. And... I'm thinking the rotations will be a little different as we head into the regular season. Again, it doesn't look good for Jordan Hill so far, which I'm kind of sad about that. I Hopefully his role will increase in time. I'm not sure what's going on with that. That's the one thing that I'm noticing that's kind of making me scratch my head a teeny tiny bit. Uh, a little bit, because who do you think signed Jordan Hill? It wasn't Flip Saunders, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, did you really think Cole Aldrich is going to be better than Jordan Hill? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll see. Maybe he's hurt a little bit. I don't know. I mean, forgive me if I'm ignorant about that. Uh, he continues being Joseph Phillips. He says, are they playing differently or in different positions or is it too early for tactics? I would say it's early in a sense, but it's more of the message at this stage you're hearing out of uh, Tom Thibodeau and how he's really looking for Wiggins to be a leader. Like pretty much the, at minimum, the number two leader on the team, but even the leader out there as well. Like maybe equal equal opportunity between him and Carl Anthony Towns to lead the way. Like, not even this guy's first, this guy's second, but equal, equal leadership role on the team. And that's awesome. And that Andrew Wiggins does have leadership skills. He's just so dang quiet around us in the media that he doesn't, that, you know, you don't really get that impression. You think he's just kind of a mild-mannered guy who's who's more of a soldier than a general. But I think he's still got that general in him, that son of a gun. And boy, from what, you know, from what you're hearing out of the president of basketball operations and head coach, in Tom Thibodeau, that's a very damn good sign. Uh, and actually, yes, it's pronounced Tibbs. See, now I'm screwing up. It's Thibodeau and Tibbs, not not Thibodeau and Thibbs. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna drive you crazy or Thib and Thib, you know that type of thing. So you pronounced it correctly, Joseph uh, Joe Phillips. So there you go. He says I am not able to watch any of these preseason games. So would love to hear back from you, Joey, or anyone else. Well, here's the thing. We're not able to watch them either, except next Wednesday, the 19th, we can finally catch it on FSN. So there you go. Maybe League Cast, if you have it, it'll be on there. If if they even let it go through League Cast. Some some names they do, sometimes they don't. So it's one of those things. So, yeah, we haven't really seen much. It's mostly just statistics and messages you're hearing from the, the head coach, that type of thing. You're not hearing as much as you would have heard from Flip, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Flip Saunders was a media darling beyond belief. Well, kind of like, you know, oh, it was cool. I'm, you know, uh, Bruce Boudreaux is good like that, too, with the uh, the Wild now. Very cool. About the same, yeah, he's actually literally the same generation as Flip Saunders. Bruce Boudreaux, what a great guy. And quick mention here that I'm going to, well, I did post a, a season preview 
just recently here, a couple of weeks back, and I'll probably be doing my first regular season show as soon as tonight or tomorrow. So Brave the Wild will also release a show too. For those of you multi-sport fans that like hockey and basketball, would be greatly appreciated if you checked that one out as well. Purple Mafia, of course, were off for the week in that case because they're off. Uh, those of you that may be Vikings fans that haven't heard of Purple Mafia yet because you're new to this show, check out the Purple Mafia show as well. Greatly appreciated. Please do tell your friends about Timberwolves Explosion. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. Tell your friends about it. Like I said, write a review of it for it on iTunes if you could. It's greatly. It would be greatly appreciated. It's been so long since I've had anybody write a review on there. So really need the help. It, you know, with all the weeds that have popped up over time and all their little friends, their their their, their nookie blanky. They all post five star reviews on it, which really like bloat up the the ratings for those shows. Not necessarily listener numbers. I have no idea how many they have. Because this show is fairly strong. Though the last one wasn't the best for whatever reason. <laughs> Probably because people are kind of like waiting for the season. That type of thing. Um, but it would really help the show to see more five-star ratings on iTunes. Even four-star. It would be appreciated if you could write a review on Stitcher. Maybe if you're not an Apple person. That type of thing. Stitcher or Double Twist. Uh, Stitcher, I believe, is the one that can take reviews. I don't think Double Twist does. That's just a way to listen to the show. It basically mirrors iTunes for Android devices. But uh, Stitcher, it is on there. Thank God. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for your listenership, your loyalty. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, invite some friends over to the Facebook page. Would be would be helpful. Get more interaction on there. Uh, those of you that listen but don't interact on there very much, interact some more. It only, only helps the show. Just thought I'd mention that. So, as we head into the regular season, eventually here, in the next about week and a half, I'm just extremely excited. I'm thanking God in heaven that there's been no injuries. Let's hope this continues. You're not hearing about Budinger and his knee. You're not hearing about, you're not relying on Pekovic to be the starting center anymore. In not, not, none of that. You're not relying on any of you being a valuable backup. We're good to go with center, power forward, and all that. And point guard, you got multiple point guards now. And Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gone on to that already in the first segment. But, again, thank you all so very much. And more than likely, the next show will have regular season games to review on it. Until then, I wish you all a nice, happy, safe uh, everything, like month of October, Halloween, all that. Hope you have a good time without being too crazy. And that you indeed continue to listen to this show during the course of the season because I will be here with you on the air here on Timberwolves Explosion. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 